All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we are bringing the Torah portions. That's right. Double, double. Double portion. So this is week 51 and 52. One and two in front of me. And uh, so this is coming from the end of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. We're uh, close to the end of this. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, 10 through 30, 20. And Deuteronomy 31. So Jake, what's this thing called? So we got a couple here. We got uh, Nitzavim, if that makes sense, and Vialek. So you are standing, and he went. We're standing where he went. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so this is uh, the the uh, children looking at the promised land about to go over. So, Jake, what do they need to do? Uh like and subscribe and go uh, to Sabbath Lounge and pull out the portions and check it out. Uh, if you're watching this, maybe you've already done that. But uh, first, you should probably read it yourself. That's right. Yep. And there is a hidden thing in this Torah portion that we have hid for our faithful and dedicated listeners. And so be on the lookout and put in the comments something that would let us know that you saw the hidden image in the presentation. That's right. So, so we challenge you. Yes. All right. Hope you, Hopefully someone will accept the challenge. But here we go. This is uh, week 51 and 52. We're glad you're here, and uh, we will go through this. And remember, this is a pretty fast uh, overview, and um, you need to go into it for more details, as Jake said. But we'll start with week 51, and you are standing. Yeah. So this is uh, – I liked this image because they're a – they're an army waiting to go into the land, and Yah has prepared them to go, you know, exact justice for him. Yes, yes, um, and we'll read read about that. Um, what would see? When did we read about that? We talked recently about the scripture. Is that in this Torah portion where there's a reference to uh, maybe the spirit or or God is going out before? Yeah, we'll touch on that on this one. Yeah, it was in this one. Okay, awesome. All right, so here we go. So Deuteronomy 29, 11 through 12. So your little ones, your wives, and thy stranger that is in thy camp, from the hewer of the wood unto the drawer of thy water. So, yeah, I think this is interesting because they're – well, go ahead to the next slide, and it'll it'll run into that. That thou should enter into covenant with Yahweh your Elohim, and into His oath which Yahweh your Elohim makes with you this day. So the point here was that when he's talking about these are some of the people that are this is happening for, he's covenanting with the stranger that's in the camp. So, um. That has the the uh, connotation of mixed multitude, right? That's tied in with that, and it's tied into um, it's not just the twelve tribes; it's the people that also, uh, you know, were grafted in. People that uh, joined were, uh, you know, the mixed multitude, right? 
people adopted in to the family. So, and then Matt, when you hear this, uh, that you should enter into covenant with Yahweh your Elohim, um, that he makes with you this day, what does that make you think of? Um, what does it make me think of? Uh, maybe like a marriage, like wedding language. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of renewed covenant has always been present in the text because he's constantly having to renew it and uh, not because of anything he's done, but it's because of everything that we've done. Yeah. Or not done. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's a real good point about that. Yeah. Okay. And then Deuteronomy 29, 19. I shall have peace though I walk in the imagination of my heart. So there's, like we are saying, there's a lot to this stuff and some detail in there. But just some things that that made me think of is this uh, follow on here of how it, how it looks to walk in the imagination of your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So that's from Jeremiah 17, 9. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And many people will be like, what? I just followed my heart. Yeah. But that's terrible. And then. Yah knows what's in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And then I want to go back to the wedding thing. Okay. I think at some point he uses, I guess it depends on your translation that you read uh, in the suffer. At some point he even uses the word cleave. So, there, you know, anytime you see that, um, you, you know, that definitely is a reference to the, the wedding, um, you know, wedding language again. But anyway, and then there's a lot of talk in here about, um, about the heart that, you know, that's definitely a theme as you read through here. Uh, you'll see that. And, you know, there's the heart. And but it just comes up over and over. And then Romans one twenty one, because that when they knew Elohim, they glorified him not as Elohim, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Once again, using the word imaginations and heart. So, right. So this uh, idea that when they. <laughs> When they were they were having peace about walking in the imaginations of their hearts, and he's saying that's a bad thing. Don't be peaceful about walking around in the imaginations of your heart because it leads to these bad things. Yeah, definitely don't go around bragging about it. Yeah. A new and then it, Jake read Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. So a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you an heart of flesh. You want that an heart of flesh put in you. Yeah. And then that goes directly in uh, verse 14. It says, but thy word is very nigh unto you in your mouth and your heart that you may do it. So it's kind of interesting to tie those two together because you it, in one aspect we hear a lot of talk about in, in you know the new covenant is not fully in place yet 
but there is this concept that he's he's trying to do this. This is something he's been actively trying to do with people from the beginning of time. Right. He he wants to write on our hearts. That's his goal, and he's going to do it. Uh, and um, and but but we can start helping him now, and uh, you know start working on that. Um, but eventually it, it will happen. But he he doesn't want us just to wait. On well, on, right. On he's he's not gonna write on a stony heart essentially yeah. yeah there's no point yeah he's like you just break my chisel it's wasting money <laughs> right so that's what he's concerned about that's right that's right that's what my dad would say <laughs> um but definitely I, I, I love that concept of um of the torah being written on your heart and that that he specifically says and so if you haven't seen that go read it um Read in thirty fourteen where he's talking about that he wants to, you know, actively write the Torah on their hearts right, right. there. Yeah, and if you continue in Ezekiel thirty six, it'll say it's put there so that you will do it. Yeah, and Ezekiel thirty six is just kind of an echo, and but everyone goes back to Ezekiel as this thing, like it's a new thing, but it wasn't. You know, right. you see evidence of thirty fourteen. So anyway, just check that out. And then Deuteronomy 29:24. Yeah, so they talk about the heat of his anger and they ask what is meant by this heat from his anger. I don't want to find out. I I I know that it's I don't want this. Yeah. It's like how do how do they have that many questions about this? But like you know it's going to be bad. Yeah. Um I think they've seen some of some some heat at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah, they, they it started when the sea collapsed on the people trying to get them. You know? <laughs> that was a that was definitely you know a violent scene, and and children were not spared from that. Mommy, what's happening with that man? Well, he's drowning right now. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not going to help him. <laughs> Actual conversation heard at the Red Sea. Yes, first person accounts. That's right. So, yeah. So then uh, when he when. He, in this portion, he's he asks, "Well, what is meant by this?" Is and then he goes on to explain it. And then he goes on to say, "The men shall say, because they've forsaken the covenant of Yahweh, Elohim of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, for that they went and served other gods and they worshipped them, gods whom they knew not." and whom he had not given unto them. And the anger of Yahweh was kindled against this land to bring it upon all the curses that are written in this book. That's not good. No. So that's what's meant by the anger. Uh, the heat of his anger will will be against them. It's the, the people around will see that and say, that's why, that's why uh, he scorched them because... And it, and it's kind of back to the judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Yeah. If you've ever heard that, you know, he's, he's going to judge his people first. So Deuteronomy 31 through two, one through 20. So yeah, this whole section is, it's hard. It was kind of hard to do this one and, and give just high level things because everything in here is so good. But, um, so in here it says, uh, when you remember his word, return to Yahweh and keep his commands. 
another uh, throwback kind of of renewing the covenant when you renew it and remember. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a similar idea. He will gather you in the second, second exodus. What do you mean by that? Right. So it kind of goes with this previous one. When you remember his word, return to Yahweh and keep his commands. And he will regather you, basically, is, mm-hmm. is kind of how it's talking. So um, so it has that connotation of second exodus language here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you've never looked at that, spend some time on that. That's not a rabbit trail we're going down today, but... It's it's a, an interesting thing to look at for sure about what's the second ec- exodus and when does that occur and what does that mean? Yeah, and what's that look like? Mm-hmm. And then Matthew fifteen twenty four, But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You might have heard that before. Yeah, so that's uh, that ties into um, regathering second exodus, why he's even what the point is even it's coming to regather Israel house of Israel that had walked away. Mm -hmm. And then Deuteronomy 36 through seven circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed to love Yahweh with all your heart. And you will return and obey Yahweh and do all his commands commandments. Kind of like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And, Notice how many times he talks about the heart in this particular Torah portion. Right. It seems to be a theme. In fact, it's like, should we have cut? It seems like the name should say something about that, but that's not how they name these. They do them by the first word or something. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, you'll see also the pattern is always while he's talking about the heart, he's talking about also doing. So there's that connection between if it's in your heart, you'll do it. It ain't greasy grace. No, not greasy. Mm-mm. Not chicken fried grace. <laughs> so that's what we should call it. Chicken fried grace. Yeah. So no more greasy grace. It's chicken fried. But, um, but yeah, it's a, a great picture of him, uh, of you doing this, um, you know, because your heart has been written on. He's written and you've circumcised it. It's been soft and you cut away all the stuff that's not supposed to be there. You've gotten rid of the leaven. I mean, there's just, there's a lot to unpack there when you really think about it. Yeah. And this is, he's telling them to do this. This is something you do. Circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed. Yeah. And everybody talks about in the New Testament and maybe in our church communities that we grew up in, that uh, circumcision of the heart was this new thing. It wasn't. That was the point. That was the first Back thing. Back in Deuteronomy, yeah. that was the whole point. And if you make it about the flesh, you don't get it. And I think that's why when people make it about the flesh of bloodline, they don't get it. It's not about the flesh of the bloodline. It's not about the flesh of your skin. It's not about the things you do. It starts with, what you believe and working on the inside, the stuff that no one can see your mind, because so many, the Bible says that the things that we do manifest themselves from something inside. If our heart is wicked, we do wicked things. We speak wicked thoughts. We have wicked thoughts. We, those turn into things that we actually do. And it, it really is a war that starts in the mind, just like it talks about uh, the battle is not against flesh and blood because that is where so so many problems 
start for us is it starts in our minds with all kinds of things. And then pretty soon it manifests it by something we do. That's well put. So, and we're supposed to, if we put his commandments, then guess what? If those are in our hearts and written on our hearts, then what's going to come out of our heart, Jake? If we put his commandments in our heart, what's going to come out? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? That's right. And I think that Yeshua is living proof of that. When he's tempted in the desert, out of his heart, the mouth spoke. And what was in his heart? Well, he was the word made flesh. It was the word. That's what came out of his mouth. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's good. Easier said than done. (laughs) Have you ever heard this statement, Matt? Yes, I've heard people say it, and usually it would be followed by something like, there's 613 of them. Are you going to keep them all? We can't Actually keep not. them all. Right, yeah, that's, keep, the, that's that, the phrase. I'm not supposed to keep all 613 because <laughs> I'm not a woman. Yeah, also the 613 is or a child. not a, an accurate number, but yeah. it's as close as they, they generally get. But uh, yeah, so they say, we can't keep the law, but apparently... Uh, they need directed to this Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 14 situation. And what do you say that about the can't keep the law? Well, if we progress ahead, maybe we'll see. It is in your heart so that you may do it. Kind of like we've been talking about. Yeah, it definitely is used a lot here. And Ezekiel 36, 26 through 7. Yeah, so this is the uh, uh, kind of all those run together, and then and then this is that continuation. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So that new spirit that he puts within you causes you to do them. Mm-hmm. And And I think that it's an interesting concept to look at this is being an ongoing process mm-hmm. that that that's what he's going to do. If we're willing to do our part, he's going to help us. And I think that's where the spirit comes into play, you know, but we have to do the, we have to make this heart soft. And once we've made it soft and once we've circumcised it, then he can do his part. Right. But it still involves us actively doing it, pursuing it doesn't just happen yeah it's because again like we said in the last portion you know it's he hasn't moved we've gone away from him so until we've turned or repented is it is the church word right Mm -hmm. (laughs) until we've repented and turned back towards yah uh you know it's us who's who's walked away so yeah and he uh keeps running after us and pursuing us uh, the way that the father does and the prodigal son, the way uh, Hosea um, continues to go after his wayward wife. You know, that is how he pursues us. And when you think about him in those terms, it's uh, it's unbelievable that he, it's hard to fathom um, his ability to, to forgive and to continue to seek us and all the bad, you know, this whole history, you know, it's a long time. Yeah. Uh, of human history and we've just pretty much been pretty good about running away from him <laughs> and he's constantly bringing us back in yeah we're pra- we're good at we have a lot of practice at that yeah we're pretty good at it by now and we don't need we don't need satan coming up and doing it 
you know, it's just the heart. It, yeah, it's in that the flesh. does it pretty good on its own. Yeah, and then that ties into, uh, and we kind of briefly touched on this: Jeremiah thirty-one, Hebrews eight. So that's a, you know, a new covenant talk. So for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Yahweh. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them Elohim, and they shall be to me a people. So this just you know kind of full circles the whole you know end caps the the whole talk of if it's in your heart you'll do it and he's he wants to write his word on your heart yeah and um people will argue with you and they're like that's already happened and i'm like really look at the world today do you think this has happened do you think the world has is there evidence of this and you know, do you, you know, maybe, okay, even take the world out. Does this happen in modern Christianity or the church? Is this what people are living like? And I don't know about you, Jake, but the churches that I was a part of and saw, I didn't see that. Yeah. You know, saw some good things, but I didn't see everyone with a circumcised heart where he's, they've had the download and they know all of this information. Right, and it says all will know Yahweh. So you know why you're proselytizing if if all know Him. That's right. Good point. And uh, uh, and then there's also uh, modern church likes to separate itself from Israel. Oh well, we're, we're this new entity that came about mm-hmm. in Acts. Okay, well then this isn't for you um, because this is clearly for the house of Israel and the house of Judah. So unless you're going to graft in to that olive tree that is Israel. You can't you can't take on all the benefits and and escape all the responsibilities that go along with it. But yeah. I think that's what people like to do. Yeah, that's well said. Agreed. So that comes to the end of you are standing, but this is a double portion. That was my impersonation of a laser or something. Oh, that was an air horn. I don't know. <laughs> Only the best here on Sabbath Lounge. That's right. That was the, the finger gun outro. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and so um, we just ask that uh, you uh, go right into the next Torah portion. Since this is a double, we're going right into week 52. Yeah. So week 52 is, and he went. Vailek. Not Andy, but and he went. Oh. I'm wondering who Andy was, so I'm glad you cleared that That's up. That's right. Deuteronomy 31. So that does bring me to the old joke of people back in the day that um, sang the old hymn about going into the garden. Andy walked with me. Oh. Andy talked with me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've heard before people were like, who's Andy? Yeah, and why is he walking with me? Um, all Crazy right. stalker. So this no. <laughs> uh, in, in 31.3, there's a reference of Someone going, you know, a, a part of Yah himself um, going before them. And so, you know, who is this? Is this the mighty right hand? Is this Yeshua? Is this the spirit? But, um, you know, what's amazing about the story is um, the you part on this. There's not a you part. You know, he, he's going out in front of them. And we... You know, we talked about them going as soldiers to battle, but man, you talk about being, a, you know, having a easy victory when someone has already gone before you and basically made it happen. And you're just like, all you got to do is walk. Yeah, the only requirement for victory is faith in Yahweh. Yeah, 
Yeah. And he's like, I got this. I'm going before you. I'm going to make this easy. And they still don't do it all exactly the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Just the way we do sometimes. Yes. Yes. We are no different. So then in uh, 31.6, I think you've got this scripture in here that uh, you just have to read it. It's powerful. Yeah. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For Yahweh your Elohim goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that Yahweh swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. Yahweh himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He says, uh, don't be afraid uh, and be courageous like several times there. Yeah, and it's almost like a throwback to me to the spies. He's like, you know, remember, we were here before. We were in this exact spot. It didn't go so well. And you all got scared. Because you were afraid. And I think that's why he keeps saying it over and over and over. Don't be afraid and terrified. He's, you know, he's having to remind them. And then, you know, and he talks again about how he's going before them. He's like, I've, I've already won this. This this is a cakewalk. The game is won. And in essence, that's the way we are today. The game is won and we just have to walk in it. And uh, we don't do a good job of that either. And then 27. Uh, so he talks again about um, their hearts. Uh, the theme continues. For I know how rebellious and stiff-necked you are. If you've been rebellious against the Lord while I am still alive with you, how much more will you rebel after I die? Yeah, so this is Moses talking. Mm -hmm. And he's like... He's recognizing it. He's with the, you know, he's on the same page as Yahweh and stiff necked is equivalent to hard heart, right? Mm -hmm. Stiff necked, you know, is like a disobedience. It's, um, you know, going against the grain. I always think of an animal if you're trying to get it to do, you know, for instance, a horse or a cow. If they're stiff necked, they're not doing what you've asked them to do. They're doing their own thing. Yeah, I kind of picture it like if you pull the reins to the side to move mm -hmm. his head to direct him one way, but his neck is stiff and won't move, then he's going to keep going the way he wants to go. Yeah, and then as a kid, that's when I threw my hat off and had sometimes had my spurs on and I just went to beating the snot out of my horse. <laughs> <laughs> and probably saying bad words, but... And then he threw you off and stepped on you that time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but if you've ever had that experience, you know how frustrating that is to be on a horse. And, and a lot of times, actually, with a horse, you know, there are some terrible horses out there. But uh, a lot of times, they've seen something. And, you know, it's like the Balaam thing. You know, that's exactly how I picture Balaam going. And, uh, you know, it saw something that made it stop. You know, there's a reason. <laughs> so, anyway. But uh, but being stiff-necked is not a good thing. No. And physically, it would be, it's a bad thing. Just like this kid with a neck brace. That's right. All right, so seven seems to be a big deal. Every seven years, you read the law, and there's a debt release every seven years, which is amazing. And, you know, how much better would our world and our society be had we continued to do these things and and we don't have a lot of evidence that the children did these things yeah so we know that the israel they kept the sabbath 
and I feel like they they were pretty good about keeping the Sabbath, and they were pretty good about keeping feast days, but a lot of the other stuff, eh. <laughs> it's hard to find that they they did a lot of, you know, and, and you know, think about this and your livelihood, the seven-year thing, um, you know, it's harder to make money if you have to release people from their debt. And, and, and you know, that they just didn't do a good job at, of, of those things. Yeah, I think you'd have to go back to Talmud stuff and, and the writings and, and uh, commentaries from, you know, Jewish historian folks to find any kind of information well, about that. Well, we do know they didn't let the land rest uh, for sure because he makes them pay for it yeah. uh, later. For every year, they had, you know, he kept track of how many years they didn't let the land rest. And that's something you should track down and try to figure out. And, and also, if you've never tracked it down and you have a garden or you have a, a homestead and you're not observing this principle, it's something you should look into and figure out what, what it means. But I remember as a child, I would read about these things and I would wonder, you know, why, why don't we do those things? And my grandfather didn't have a good answer. But the other thing is, Jake, do you think in a family and life today, could you practice this principle? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are a parent and you've loaned children money or you've loaned your brother money or you loan your sister money, maybe you should practice this. Yeah. So it, it's definitely it's happened in my family and it was a real blessing. Uh, it was a, it was an awesome thing. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times we think, uh, well, we can't do all those things anymore, but there's a lot of them we can. So yeah, feed the chickens, even though the ducks flew away, you know, there's a, uh, an example of, hey, go feed the chickens and the ducks and you go up and uh, I'm borrowing this from someone, but uh, go up and feed the chickens and the ducks and the sun goes up and he goes, well, I'm, there's no ducks. So he comes back and the father says, well, did you feed the chickens and the ducks and he says no because the ducks flew away he's like well did you give the chickens some food he's like no i couldn't fulfill your command so i didn't uh, do any of it so uh, just feed the chickens feed the chickens that'll be coming out soon on a t-shirt <laughs> feed the chickens.com no exactly. i actually don't go there no, <laughs> no idea what that is. <laughs> we have not we have not checked that <laughs> uh, so this comes to the end of two torah portions and uh, week 51, 52, and we are vastly quickly approaching the end of the year and the end of the Torah, not the end of the year, because I believe that happens in the spring, but the end of the uh, Torah, Torah cycle. cycle. Yeah. And so interesting enough. So that is uh, Deuteronomy 29, 10 through 31 is what we covered. So, Jake, what do they need to do? Uh, like and subscribe and uh, tell your friends. So you can spread the good word and uh, uh, read it for yourself so you know uh, whether or not uh, we're telling you the truth. I mean, we're, we're telling you what we think, and so go find out what uh, the Bible says for real. That's right. Yep. We appreciate you being here. This is Matt and, and Jake signing off.